0: Welcome to Albuquerque Real Estate Talk with Tracy and Tico Venturi of the Venturi Group of Real Broker, episode 470, Tracy.
1: Yay, that's <laughs> a great number.
0: It is. It is. We are in
1: 70 episodes.
0: We're with Real Broker here in Albuquerque and if you want to uh, get help with your real estate needs, reach out to us at
1: 448-888.
0: to introduce our guest?
1: Sure. So we were, we're joined by Joanna Rushing with Primary Residential Mortgage here locally, uh, top realtor in the area. Um,
0: You just said top realtor in the area. uh, I'm not a top realtor in the area.
1: Top lender in the area. And uh, Joanna is one of those lenders that we can send just about anybody to. And she can figure out a way to get them taken care of. She has this really great way with, especially newer first-time buyers, people that haven't been in the process for a long time, because she's really good at explaining the lending process and the options and different loans that are available. So we're excited to have you here. I know there's a lot of uh, lending in the news these days.
0: Well, and let's 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 segue right to that real quick. So uh, just to rundown: we've got a couple stories about local real estate, some things going on, uh, some market trends. Obviously, I'm always going to talk about market trends, um, but the big news this week, the really, really big news this week was what happened with interest rates and that's where we have joanna on this week to talk about that um we saw a what did we see about a 40 bips 40 basis points or about yeah, 4.45 drop just yeah, this yeah
2: even more it's, it was about half a percent
0: oh wow wow okay so joanna yeah go ahead and introduce yourself your mls number and your uh how do people go hold hold of you
2: yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I always enjoy getting to talk with you guys about the market. And uh, my name is Joanna Rushing. I am a mortgage loan officer here in Albuquerque with Primary Residential Mortgage, and uh, my NMLS is 1427054. And uh, best way to reach me is my cell phone, 505-917-6102, or you can reach me by email at jrushing@primeres.com.
0: Perfect. OK, what happened with mortgage rates this week?
2: We finally are starting to see the juggernaut turn. That's what happened. We got some really good news um, for mortgage rates that finally started to suggest that maybe we're turning the corner with inflation and with the um, job market and that the Fed may finally be done raising interest rates and they may hold steady or even start to cut interest rates uh, coming into 2024. And the market took that news really, really, really well as far as mortgages are concerned. And so we finally started to see interest rates come down in a meaningful fashion. In the last about two months or so, we've gone from rates in the low 8% to the like mid-sixes, which is just, I mean, a, a drop that we haven't seen in that short amount of time in many, many years.
0: That's that's pretty extraordinary. I mean, it it, it is a big move, just like we had that huge move up last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Was it maybe May, June of of twenty two? Now we're we're going the other direction because of well, you know, the thing that that I always joke about is when there's bad news on the economy, meaning the economy slowing, inflation is slowing, jobs are not as strong. That's good news for mortgage rates. Exactly, it's, it's this weird thing, but that's the way it works.
2: Yeah, I mean, and when you think about it, it kind of makes sense, right? Because housing is such a big part of the economy. And so whenever the economy is struggling, one of the ways to get the economy to kind of come back is to make sure that the housing market can continue to remain robust. And one of the ways that the housing market remains robust is we offer people, you know, more affordable interest rates. So as rates go down, it helps bring up the housing market, which theoretically should help continue to boost the economy.
0: Yeah, and I just brought up the chart. If anybody's watching this on YouTube or on uh, Facebook on the video recording, um, you can see the chart. We have a one-year chart, and yeah, I mean, we had you know we, we were kind of in that that mid sixes for a lot of uh, earlier you know end of last year, earlier this year, and then it it just kept going up and up and up all the way up over eight percent. Um, when was that? That was in that was in October. Yeah, October. October. Okay. Yeah, there we go. October. Um, and so, yeah, you can see, you know, if you're, if you're looking at the chart, you can see the dramatic move down that we've had. Mm-hmm. So, so Joanna, I mean, I, I know one of the challenges in, in our, our real estate market right now is affordability. And, mm-hmm. you know, affordability meaning, you know, the, the wages have not gone up as much as inflation, have not gone up as much as home price, and definitely have not gone as up as much as, as uh, interest rates. Um, so this is a little bit of relief.
2: It's uh, it's more than a little bit of relief. It's a it's a huge relief. I mean that that amount of a drop is making it so that people who are already pre qualified, maybe up to three hundred thousand dollars, maybe now they can go to three twenty five or even three fifty just by virtue of that interest rate going down like that. Um, so it's it's a huge boost in affordability, especially for people who are in um, kind of that first time homebuyer range where they're trying to buy homes in the two to three hundred thousand dollars it can be the difference between them getting a house and not getting a house and all of a sudden you know you're not fighting with every single other person for that two hundred thousand dollar house now maybe you can up your your limit to 250 or something like that and it actually becomes much much more likely you'll get a home
0: tracy let me just ask you bringing into this conversation is is the pre-qualifying versus pre-approval when we're out with clients and and somebody's looking to buy a home um how important is that for for you when you're helping somebody shop
1: sure so obviously if we're going to put an offer in on a house having a really strong lender letter to go with that offer is exceptionally important and as Joanna knows the language in that letter that says where they're at in their financing strategy makes a big difference too, because some of them, the letter might say they've applied, but we haven't verified anything yet. We want a letter, right, Joanna, that says something more than that.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's a struggle for us in the industry is that everybody defines those terms a little bit differently. So a prequalification letter for me, may mean one thing and a prequalification letter from online lender.com may mean something totally different. And, you know, one of the things that we take a lot of pride in here at Primary Residential Mortgage is that I don't issue a pre-qual letter unless I've already done my due diligence. And I'm not going to write you a letter unless I 100% expect that loan to close because I've already looked at your credit. I've already looked at your assets. I've already looked at your income and I've already reviewed your pay stubs and your bank statements and your credit report. So we've already identified the potential pitfalls, which means that if I write you a letter, it's because I expect you to get a house.
1: Yeah and obviously you do some counseling and coaching on how not to change your ability to get that house <laughs> right exactly yes so, please
0: uh, advice from both of you so if somebody's been out there and they've kind of been on the sidelines waiting for like the right house to come on the market um first off joanna what what should they be reaching out to their lender and getting updated on that
2: yeah i think it's really important to to stay in touch with your lender i think a lot of people don't see lenders as as people but they see us just as a piece of paper which you know that's one thing that i work really hard against is i make sure that my clients understand that i'm a person on the other side of the phone too who cares about whether or not you get into a house so i tell my clients all the time please call me text me email me Uh, if we talk every single day until you get a house for the next six months i'm fine with that because i want to keep you updated i want you to know hey rates went down a little bit that means that you're your prequalification is is a little bit stronger now because we can go a little bit higher and vice versa. I mean, when rates were climbing at a clip, we were calling people and saying, hey, you were prequalified up to this. Rates went up a half a point. You're not anymore. And I'm sorry, but I don't want you to find that out when you try and put an offer in on a house. I want to keep you updated and abreast of the situation because the market is constantly changing. But yes, it's very important to stay in touch with your lender and to let us know if you got married, got divorced, if you bought a car, if you you know, finance that furniture you've been wanting for a while on the new Home Depot credit card you got. We want to know all of those things because we can only help you as much as uh, we get good information.
1: So, perfect. What what I was going to say about that is, you know, don't go and do that if you're in the process. Don't go buy that new car and finance it. Don't go and change things once you have your lending figured out, right? Don't Mm -hmm. go and add to your credit without talking to the lender. No, so it's right. pretty important, so,
0: or or sh- switch jobs if it's a different. Uh, please don't switch jobs. <laughs> yeah. So, please. So trans- yeah, yeah. One of the conversations I'm seeing, kind of in the what I call the housing, uh, Twitter ho- housing Twitter is what I call it. It's like all the housing economists, people, and stuff that are having these conversations is. All right, with this big drop, or is there suddenly going to be all these buyers that want to come back into the market? Um, what, what's your take on that? What do you, what are you seeing? I'm more, more of like feet on the street kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So has our phone been ringing a little bit more this week? Yes. Um, should it be ringing a little bit more this week? Yes. Because one of the stories we wanted to get to today, perfect segue, don't have to get to it is now is probably the best time to buy a house. If you're in the market between now and late next spring, now is the time because there aren't as many people competing for those houses. Um, come spring, we'll have more people looking at houses, and you'll be competing more. And traditionally, right now, I know if there's—I know you have a chart for this, Tigo. Right now is when prices are the lowest of the year historically, wait, wait, wait. right? Do I Let's have see. a?
0: Do I have a chart for this? Hold on. Oh, wait, I got to find the right chart first. Um, yeah. So. Yeah.
1: So what we know is, come late spring and into early summer, that's traditionally when home prices peak. So if you wait, you might get a house that costs a little bit more um, and have more competition to get that house. So,
0: so I'm gonna show it on the screen here again, if you're on um, watching or listening to us on video, I'm gonna pull up this chart. It's, it's pretty complicated w- when you look at it. But what I did is I took um, the Zillow, home value index. This is not home sales prices. This is actually home values because of course, Zillow tracks the value of every single home in the entire country, right? And so they're they they, they they're able to give a basic idea of how much home values move from month to month to month to month. To month. And they, they've got data all the way back to 1999. And it gives us a an idea how much home prices move every single month. And the thing that jumps out in this this data is home prices are generally lowest in December and January every single year, you know, just it, it, like clockwork, really. And home prices are always highest in
1: May, May and June. June.
0: Yeah, every single year.
1: April, May, June, according so what to is the that? chart.
0: I mean, to me, that means if, you, if you're all about the data and following the data and following you know, when is the best time to buy? It's right now. Right now, the yeah. challenge we have, Tracy, and you know, this and Joanna, you know, this too, is we have a shortage of homes on the market, we just don't have a lot of homes on the market. So, you know, being ready to go is, is a big deal and being able to jump on it when it comes on. Yep. But I think like you said, a lot of people put their their house shopping on hold through the holidays
1: and and even into the new year it's sort of like um through january when the kids get back in school a lot of people have put it on hold they've got the kids home they're busy with holidays with family with different things that they're not normally doing and then after the kids go back to school in early january we do see things tick up again but not necessarily home sales a lot of people think they need to wait till late spring
0: no for sure In in I would guess this year we're going to have a l- more homes coming on the market in the spring than we in the last year for Than sure. the last year for sure because you know a lot of people that that have those you know i don't remember joanne i think the stat is like 80 percent of people that have a mortgage are at four percent or lower right now
2: it, so, yeah it's it's pretty significant
0: yeah so th- there's not a you know, people aren't super motivated to jump off that four percent and get on an eight percent. Well, maybe they could stretch a six and a six point eight seven five, right? Maybe they could make that work.
2: Well, and so, so much of it too is is looking at the trajectory, right? It's it's a lot easier to stomach a six and a half percent rate when you're coming down from eight than it was for the people who are coming up from four. And so I think the the perspective of the six and a half percent rate right now is completely different than when we were at six and a half. You know, a year, 18 months ago. It looks a lot better from this side. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think the people who are at 4% interest rates, if they're trading four for six and a half, yeah, maybe you can move. If you're trading four for eight,
1: now you're probably gonna stay put. So interesting thing about that. Um, I was, we were discussing this the other day and um, said, hey, some people should already be thinking about refinancing. And I went, no, no. And Joanna, we're down perhaps a point and a half in some cases from where some people might have closed two months ago. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm i definitely of the opinion that if this trend keeps up, um, then I think that spring, summer for us is going to be very heavy with refinances. And I think with what you guys are saying too, also purchases. I mean, I... I think the mortgage market has a potential to to boom pretty heavily come April may, June, yeah. honestly
1: yeah so on our screen now, if you're watching us online,
0: well, actually, no, I don't have it on the screen, but but I do want to talk about this because it's an interesting an interesting stat, and it relates to mortgages um, and it's how much money do you need to put down a down payment and so there's a survey and they asked. It said, um, do I have to put 20% down? And what they found is that um there's a lot of people that think they have to put 20% down to purchase a home. And Joanna, of course, <laughs> we know that's that's not true. And there's uh there's been more programs rolled out this year. Uh, let, let me ask a different question, Joanna, or, c- or kind of along the same line as Do you think mortgage uh, lending standards have loosened up over the last, let's say, six months because the market has been slow?
2: No, I don't think that I could say that mortgage uh, lending standards have loosened. No, but the mortgage market is trying to make sure that it tweaks what it can in order to continue to Um, address the issue of affordability. So there's programs that are coming out where it's easier to buy multifamily homes if you're going to live in one of the units. There's program changes that are coming out saying, well, you can get down payment assistance maybe if you're not a first time home buyer, or there are certain programs where you can get down payment assistance without an income cap. I mean, we have a program right now where you can get down payment assistance equal to your down, your full down payment, whether you, and there's no income cap and no requirement to be a first-time home buyer. That's unheard of. That's 100% financing for the average Joe on an FHA loan. And all of a sudden, it's okay that you don't have that nest egg sitting in your bank account, but maybe you make fine money and your credit's fine and, and uh, you have a steady job, and the only thing that's holding you back is you haven't been able to save that money. Well, now we can help you. And so there's a lot of stuff that, I don't. I wouldn't say that guidelines are loosening, but guidelines are being tweaked and programs are coming out and the agencies are saying yes affordability is a problem we do need to address that in the way that we can that still avoids um a big mortgage meltdown like we had in you know 07 and 08 so we so need to make sure that doesn't happen again
0: yeah so it's very different than the than like what what happened you know right. let's say in 04 05 06 right which was Drastic loosening of lending standards and kind of these, these what we called liar loans, where people really didn't have to do much in the way of qualifying. Right. So, yes, there's programs to help people get into homes right now, but you still have to qualify. You still have to oh, prove that you can absolutely. actually make the payment, which was maybe not so much the case back in the day, let's just say, but which created obviously what happened in 08 and 09 exactly yeah.
2: yeah and and we're not on that path even remotely right now which honestly is is great for me and for the economy and for everybody involved because we are participating in much more responsible lending and um honestly that's exactly what we need to be doing to continue on this path rather than ending up in another giant hole yes. it,
0: it, that that just reminded me i got i gotta bring you know there's for some reason there's a, people out there thinking that there's this flood of distressed sellers coming into the market meaning no there's that not. Are upside down on their mortgage or are you know in foreclosure or pre-foreclosure so i i um one of our one of our colleagues somebody you know joanna in, in the real estate business she was in a class uh where this instructor from another state was in in town teaching realtors some stuff and and doing stuff and he started talking about all the foreclosures that are in the pipeline. And this this friend of ours in the real estate business, she knew, she knew I, you know, would know the the real numbers. And so she started texting me and she said, okay, w- what's the story? Are, are there really foreclosures, a bunch of foreclosures in the pipeline? And so I pulled up some stats. So nationally, right now, there's 3.5% of all the homes that have a mortgage that are in some uh delinquent okay so but that just means they haven't made that they're either either 30 days late or longer there's only a half a percent of and not even that point four percent of all the mortgages that are in foreclosure nationwide mm-hmm. and which
1: still doesn't mean they're gonna go through and be losing their house exactly right so exactly. anyway point yeah, Four. and
0: in in New Mexico, just to give you an idea, delinquent three uh, two point nine, which is actually lower than nationally.
1: So better than the national stats.
0: Better than the national foreclosures. It's point six, which is actually higher than the national stats. Now you got to understand New Mexico's foreclosure process is. A lot Very more long. difficult than other states too, meaning difficult for the lender. <laughs> it's actually good for the the homeowner because <laughs> basically it's it's a much longer process from the point that a foreclosure filing happened. So that so that, that was a really story. long word winded so, way to say. So anyway, I sent so her,
1: did they so I sent her the, the stats instructor? and
0: she corrected the instructor and um you know I it doesn't matter. I mean that that obviously didn't quite understand the the point is back to what Joanna said is homeowners have the best balance sheets they've had in history and a third of people that own a home own it free and clear too mm -hmm.
2: and uh, the people that own these homes right now were put through the paces to get their mortgages exactly I mean there's multiple layers of protection right now because you have qualified people who are in homes with a lot of equity, with decent interest rates. I mean, in order for us to get to a flood of foreclosures, every single one of those levies would have to break. And even if we have a little bit of a market correction where home prices maybe come down or we see a little bit of uh, depreciation instead of appreciation, it would have to be so significant. Because if you go back to that chart, if you look at the appreciation that we have gotten in the last two three years, it's... I mean, it's significant. And so even if we have a little bit of a pullback, if your home's appreciated 15% and we see a 5% drop, which we're not going to. But even if that happens, the net gain is still 10% for a lot of people. We're nowhere near a mortgage meltdown or a foreclosure flood or anything like that.
0: Yeah, there's a I I will say there is a lot of people on social media and on a lot of different places, YouTube, you know, that that are almost uh, cheering for or like pushing a basically a, a market crash in housing right. and, mm-hmm. and I think part of that has to do with the frustration of the affordability we have an affordability crisis in the United mm-hmm. States there's no doubt about it but that's different than a market crash right right
1: very different
0: very different okay so
1: the consequences
2: of a market yeah. crash too sorry Tracy I didn't mean to interrupt but the consequences of a market crash and a giant recession are going to be really far reaching and it's not going to be that if we go into that that obviously all of a sudden everybody gets a house we're going to have so much more widespread issues if that happens that i'm certainly not excited about the prospect of that i also don't see any indicators going that way but yeah
0: no i i agree with you and um so so kind of back to the housing the housing challenge that we have in 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 just let's talk about albuquerque Tracy, it was a story about the uh, the old motel, old motel, but the motel. It's a hotel. Good. Hotel. The hotel, not the motel. Motel, hotel, <laughs> hotel.
1: <laughs> the hotel, uh, trans- being transformed into affordable housing, the Los Altos Lofts, right at the Los Altos, um, right on the north side of I-40, there at.
0: Like Lomas and wantabo
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, by Target.
1: By Target and Home. Hotel uh, Circle. Best Buy. Hotel Circle. Yeah. Yeah. So the city is transforming that hotel at, to the tune of about, what, $11 million?
0: Yeah, I saw $11 million, I think, is what the- $11 what million the, to
1: purchase the hotel property and do the renovations. So it's wow. going to be 90 studio and single bedroom apartment units with improved living space. And so they're going to take the 104 hotel units to reconfigure them to be 90- studio, and single-bedroom apartments. And each unit is going to feature a small kitchenette, and residents will have access to the hotel's former amenities, including the pool and fitness room. But what's really great and um, really necessary for the people that they're expecting to stay there, it's going to be affordable housing, and they are gearing it to people with vouchers and individuals transferring from homelessness or transitioning from homelessness. But they're going to have an on-site coordinator, to offer financial literacy and other assistance to residents and i know from personal firsthand experience people that experience homelessness often don't have that id card they don't have the ability to function to get food stamps or get the the services that they need. So for the people there to have somebody on site to help them function and get back on their feet or get the necessary things to be able to get a job, you know, when you don't have a, a ID or a driver's license, you can't find your social security card. You don't have access to a computer to go get a new one. You know, having somebody on site there is just phenomenal. I, when I read that part, I was so thankful.
0: Well, and and I know there's, some people that are kind of poo-pooing this, it's like, oh, it's just a drop in the bucket, and oh, it's so much money and all this. Well, you know what? It's there, there's no silver bullet for any of this. You know, they got to do something. We, you know, we got to do something, right? Every little bit is going to help.
1: But and, you know what's interesting? That 11 million for 90 studios in one bedrooms. That's about 120 thousand per unit. So it's, you know, 11 million sounds like a lot to take take lot. on that project, yeah. um, but it's it's necessary. We need something and, you know, to do anything we can that makes sense. And, you know, what's interesting, Joanna, is Tico and I own our rental property very near this location, very near. And it's, I said, first time I looked at it on the map, I went, what a great location. It's around a lot of retail, there's services there for people that, you know, maybe use public transportation um and yeah i own a a house right around the corner from it but i'm i'm thankful that they're going right. to turn that property that right now has been boarded up for a long time that yeah. hotel there
0: well i, I um, you know back to the whole housing kind of well this is we're talking about it, the housing crisis in in albuquerque in the sense that we you know we just don't have enough houses especially affordable houses for for folks and and you know so this is one solution there's a whole ADU thing going on you know the um accessory, accessory dwelling. dwelling unit where you can build a basically a you know a little little building on your house and either have family members live in it or rent it out you know that's again this is going to be a drop in the bucket but all these little drops in the bucket are going to help one of the things that the the city and in counties Uh, or cities and counties need to work on is is the permitting and the process to get construction done i know i know builders i talked to that's still a big challenge and and hopefully they can get that because the process to get things done is still very slow
1: speaking of a drop in the bucket we Mm -hmm. had some really nice moisture this week and i'm hoping all you that Mm -hmm. listen to our show regularly took advantage of the reminder to call your roofer while it was nice and dry and warm earlier this fall we were like saying don't wait and um i think the uh, roofers are really busy right now we've uh, had several calls to our office asking for good names of of roofers so we've given out several um you know, we usually give out at least three names when someone calls us so uh hopefully they were able to reach somebody
0: well i think that's a good reminder that people if your roof roof leaks a little bit it it's not that uncommon right it especially in new mexico's where we have these long dry spells with really you know a lot of sun and it it just it eats kinda, up the roof and then all of a sudden you get this rain and everything changes and you get you get a little bit of leaks.
1: So. I think it's mostly where the roof penetrations are and you know how yeah. we reseal them and it dries up all summer. Oh, yeah,
0: the, the, like yeah. We're supposed to, Need to, like reseal, we're supposed to reseal them. <laughs> Ours right. just
1: got resealed last month, Tego, so yeah. we're good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so. Always great to be here. It's like time flies. We're uh, chatting real estate and lending with Joanna Rushing from Primary Residential Mortgage. We really appreciate you being on with us this morning. Thank you. Joanna,
0: uh, jo- Joanna, just again, if somebody wants to reach out to you, talk about mortgages, what options they have, um, how do they get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So again, Joanna Rushing, I'm with Primary Residential Mortgage. And my cell phone is 505-917-6102. Uh, you can call or text me on that phone. And then uh, my email address is j rushing like rushing out the door at primerez.com.
1: dot awesome. awesome.
0: Well, it's great to have you. And again, we're the Venturi Group. This was episode four hundred and seventy in the books. Tracy of Albuquerque Real Estate Talk with Tigo and Tracy. And uh, if you want to reach out to us, we're the we're at five zero five four four eight eighty eight eighty eight. Have a great, great. Uh, well, we'll we'll talk before Christmas. But yep. uh, yeah. Yeah. Take care, everybody.
1: Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.